I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. As the war in Ukraine battles on, a new book has been released collecting first person accounts of people living through it. The book's titled Hope for Ukraine. It gives a narrative history of what people have experienced since the war broke out back in February. The author, Kyle Duncan, uh, spent weeks in Ukraine earlier this year conducting these interviews live and joins us now to speak about the book and about his experience and where we are and what what comes next. Kyle, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Boyd. It's a real pleasure to be here. Uh, so as as you look at it, you've had that uh, opportunity to be on the ground there in Ukraine. Uh, first, just give us a, a sense of your experience there in terms of uh, not just what you saw, but what you felt as uh, you interacted with some of those living through the, the horrors of war. Absolutely. Uh, first of all, just to, to disabuse your listeners of, of any uh, notion they may have that I'm anything but a civilian. I'm not a war reporter. I'm not a military analyst. Um, however, my wife and I did adopt a, a little boy from Ukraine back in 2007. Uh, he is now 21. And um, so that was part of our my interest in yeah. this area of the world. And as a writer, um, I just felt led to do something, you know, like a lot of us. I just wasn't sure what to do. Um, and with my contacts in Ukraine um, and my contacts in the publishing world, having that, that's been my vocation for 30 years. I uh, was able to put together a, a very fast deal with a publisher and found myself on the ground, uh, flew into, Krak- into Warsaw and um, spent some time in Poland interviewing refugees and then was able to cross over the border and also um, interview uh, people on the ground there. And then subsequently, when I came home, Boyd also um, just talking to people on the ground in cities like Kharkiv, Mariupol, uh, key, you know, uh, Kharkiv, uh, and by Zoom with not hearing artillery in the background, but but in places where the worst is still going on. Yeah, and I, I think one of the the gifts you bring to all of this, Kylie, is that that storytelling and that ability to connect uh, with the human emotion of all of that. And so, as you experienced on the ground, as you continued to compile those stories. Uh, you, you really were about uh, really giving voice uh, to to those who who didn't have a voice in a lot of in a lot of ways. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, you know, I wanted to basically just really get out of the way. <laughs> And, uh, and as all, as all those, good, I was going to say, as all good storytellers, <laughs> you, you, you yeah, get out of the way. You know, we try, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and there is, there is a demarcation obviously between journalism and storytelling and, and, but our favorite journalists are good story, storytellers as well. But yeah, my going into this, what I really felt led to do was capture stories on the ground at this very unique um, an intense time and very dramatic time in Europe's history and the world's history. 
you know, with the largest land war in Europe uh, for eight decades since, since Hitler's uh, troops, um, you know, uh, invaded most of Europe. Um, and so, so that was the goal. And, and to really just give voice, as you said, to the Ukrainian people. Uh, those who have, you know, who are among the seven, I think it's actually up to 10 million plus people who have fled the country, and then also uh, on the ground in Ukraine. And it was really an honor, you know, and a life-changing experience to be able to interview these people, sit with them, break bread with them, uh, even cry with, with some of them, especially women and their children who had to flee and left behind husbands and fathers and sons uh, who are still fighting there. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, what was the uh, what was one of the things that has really surprised you uh, in listening and then telling some of those stories? Resilience would be the word, mm-hmm. um, and just just in, in the you know, no matter where people stand on this war. I mean, I'm unabashedly in the camp that believes that that. Um, this has been an illegal invasion of a sovereign nation. Uh, no nation's perfect. You know, there, there's corruption and graft in every country, and people point to that in, in Ukraine and elsewhere. But um, I really firmly believe um, in the cause of the Ukrainian people to defend their homeland. And, and what I heard, Boyd, a lot was, you know, one gentleman I stood in line with when I, I did cross the border into Ukraine, and later that day when I went to cross back, I didn't know it would take me nine hours. Oh, my gosh. Um, but those were nine life-changing hours, and I was in line mostly with people from Kharkiv who'd just gotten off a bus uh, that they'd spent 18 hours on. And um, this one gentleman, I said, what do you plan to do when, You know, once you have your new life in Poland, and what do, where do you plan to go? I mean, you're a refugee. And he said, I immediately want to start organizing help and bringing it back into Ukraine, humanitarian aid. And I said, aren't you concerned about going yeah. back into the country you're fleeing? He said, my family and my children and my wife will be safe, but I want to go back because, you know, even if they, they tear down every house and destroy every house, Ukraine will always be our home. Mm. So that kind of hope and resilience was, was breathtaking and, and very humbling to me. Yeah, that's so, uh, so powerful. And, uh, of course, as we continue to watch that unfold and uh, the brutality of, of Vladimir Putin and what he's doing. Yes. Uh, those are the the things that require resilience beyond resilience. Uh, and I think uh, one of the interesting things, and I'd love to have you 
share some insight in terms of the the women of Ukraine. I think they have played a, an extraordinary role. I love that the first lady of Ukraine has said that victory will have a very feminine face. And uh, how did you experience yeah. that? What did you, what did you hear in the women of Ukraine? Yeah. Well, the the first thing uh, is that there when you when I went to the border to to cross and and even before I went over, I noticed that were, at least at the border, um, there were as many female Ukrainian soldiers as there were male. Mm. And, and that that's an interesting part of their military makeup. Um, a lot of women are fighting on the front lines as regular um, infantry and soldiers and other higher-level um, positions. Um, but, yeah, you know, as most of your listeners will know, um, men between the ages of 18 and 59, unless they have special exemptions, are required to stay in Ukraine and help the war effort in some way. And so most of the people that I was meeting were women and the elderly and and children. And the women, um, they're they're very tough people. Um, They are, they are, you know, what, when I said to a lot of Ukrainians, I I only made this mistake a couple of times. I said, you know, where were you when the war broke out? And they said, Oh, do you mean in 2014 when, Putin annexed our territory of Crimea when he helped foment the civil war in Donbass. And so I quickly, there's a paradigm shift there where war for them started eight years ago. And one of the reasons, and, and, and it Im- highly involved the women mm. um, fighting on the front lines and also behind the front lines. Yeah. But the women who have left with their children, many of those women are former soldiers and and fought, you know, and did their part on the front lines during the Civil War. So it, it's a battle-hardened people, and they've been fighting for their country uh, now for almost a decade. And um, it's to see to see the the strength. And yeah, as you point out, um, First Lady Zelensky is and Zelenska is is a powerful force. Yeah, and. Um, you know, as they say, behind, I mean, it's an old-fashioned saying now, but behind every great man is, is, a, is a great woman. And the and the converse can be said as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think we're seeing that, at, uh, especially in Ukraine. Kyle Duncan is uh, the author of the book, Hope for Ukraine. Uh, some great stories uh, from uh, out of the tragedy. And as he mentioned, uh, really stories of resilience uh, and faith and hope. Uh, of good things to come. Kyle, thanks for joining us today. Boyd, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. All right. Uh, we'll step aside for one last commercial break. When we come back, we're going to stay with our question from a little earlier on writing. We got to get it right. Stick around. We'll talk about it coming up next. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.